Well, Tomoka, praise the Lord. It is so good to be with you again. Uh, just got some quick information in terms of announcements. Uh, um, as you know, the church opened up this weekend, this past weekend, June 6th and 7th, and uh, a really nice turnout. So I want to thank everybody for coming out, uh, uh, having that wonderful um, expression or experience. Uh, Tuesday church, you just hold on. We'll co- it's coming. It's coming. And we'll be able to join together back here real soon. But in the meantime, stay focused, stay tuned in, go tell somebody that we're on, go get some notes and, and a pencil and, and your Bible so we can go through this today. I just want you to know that uh, we preempted the regular sermon series we were on. We were doing a sermon series entitled Stay Battle Ready. Well, due to the circumstances that have happening in our country right now, we decided to preempt that. We decided that there was a time for a hopefully a pertinent on-time message that will bless us. One that will not cause condemnation or guilt, but one that would be one of revelation. One that would open our eyes and allow us to be able to see and then participate how God has seen fit for us to participate. So if you don't mind... We're going to say just one more little prayer before we start. So please just close your eyes and bow your heads. And Father, we thank you right now. We pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that your dear, sweet Holy Spirit will use my mind to think in and my mouth to speak from. That same Holy Spirit should bless all of those who are under the sound of my voice today. That you will bless us with insight and understanding. Reveal to us today, Lord, what it is you would want us to see. We thank you right now for the victories we're about to experience because of the power of your word. In Jesus' name, we pray and everyone say it. Amen. Amen. Listen, the title of this particular sermon is for a time such as this, for such a time as this. Now, we all know that what's happening in our country is different than the normal things that are happening in our country. And we know that this is a very special time. We all may see it differently. We'll look at this thing and say, this is horrible or that's bad or or whatever. But I need you to know something. It's not normal. It's not the same. As we talked about with COVID-19, we talked about a new normal, a new way of living our lives, of being able to put our lives together and react to a disease that has caused us to change the real fiber of how we live. Well, brothers and sisters, guess what? There's something else going on that's doing the exact same thing that's going to change the very fabric of how we have seen one each other, how we have seen things, and it's going to cause us to open our eyes. So again, you know me, this is Pastor Ben. If I'm going to share something, it has to be from the Bible because most importantly, I need to talk to the church. I need to talk to us brothers and sisters who call ourselves Christians which means to be Christ-like. How do we react in this situation? How do we do this? So I'm going to borrow some scriptures from a book of Esther. Very powerful book, very insightful, incredible. I can't use it all because I don't have that much time, but I want to make sure how important it is for us to realize that we play a part in this thing. There are certain participants in this story of Esther. There is the king, King Xerxes. There is Esther. There's Mordecai. And there is Haman. 
Now, all of these people come together in a perfect storm, a perfect situation that causes a whole culture of people to be saved from destruction. But it required a change of mind. It required a change of thought. So let's just have some fun. If you're really and ready and able, let's go to the book of Esther chapter 4. And we're going to be reading from the Amplified when we read this. Esther chapter 4. It says, then Mordecai told them to return the answer to Esther. There's this conversation going on between Mordecai, who was outside of the, of the king's gate, and Esther, who is inside the king's gate. They have a eunuch who is running information back and forth. Now, the great thing about this particular messenger, this eunuch, he doesn't let the lens of his life experiences block the message that is being shared between Mordecai and Esther. He doesn't let his lens block that message or change it or taint it in any way. He delivers exactly what Mordecai says to Esther and exactly what Esther says to Mordecai. We'll come back to that in a minute. Then Mordecai told them to return this answer to Esther. Do not flatter yourself that you shall escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance shall arise for the Jews from elsewhere. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows but that you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this and for <clears throat> this very occasion. Then Esther told them to give this answer to Mordecai. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast for me and neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. I also and my maids will fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and did all that Esther had commanded him. So here's this situation. And I just want us to kind of put it together in a picture that would allow you to see. The king had a wife before Esther named Vasti. And they had a problem and he put Vasti away. Well, Mordecai and the Jews had been taken from Jerusalem through Babylon now into this particular area in Persia. And in this area, they were productive. They were additions to the society and they were giving to the society. But there's always seems to be a form of jealousy always seems to be a form of somebody who looks at you and goes, why are you here? Why are you doing what you're doing? So Haman decided that he wanted to get rid of all the Jews. He wanted to kill them all. So he went to the king. He got an edict and they pressed it. And they talked about it. The king gave him his ring and he wrote it out on paper that on the 13th day of Adar, they were going to kill all the Jews. Now, Mordecai, once he gets word of this, tears his clothes off, puts on ashes and sackcloth. 
he's in his house, but then he steps out of his house and he marches down to the king's gate. What is Mordecai doing right now? He's protesting. He sees the situation getting ready to take place and he knows that it shouldn't, but he has no other voice. He has no other way of saying to the king and to this edict that was written, hey, this thing is going to be against me. It's going to harm me. It's going to kill me. I don't know how else to tell you that this is wrong. So he took off his clothes and he put on ashes and sackcloth and he went down to the king's gate. He is now protesting. Now, on the other side of the king's gate is a whole different world. It's a world that is not contaminated with what is going on outside where Mordecai is. The king's gate, the king's palace is full of food and wine and comfort and all kinds of things. So there are two different worlds operating right now. Mordecai is at the gate protesting. The world inside the king's gate Life is moving on. There's no real connection to what is happening out there or what is going on inside the gate. But Mordecai knew that there was one person inside the gate, inside the king's gate, who if he could talk to, open her eyes, she was connected to the people outside the gate. Now I need y'all to know something before I go on. I think I've told you this before and I'm going to tell you again. We're all already connected. God created one people. He didn't create races of people. He created one people. There's only one race, the human race. So just as Esther is a Jew inside the king's gate and Mordecai and the other Jews are outside the gate, they're all Jews. But guess what, brothers and sisters? Right now, in this country, we are all one people. We have forgotten that because there's been this city gate. There's been this one world that was fruitful, and there was another world that wasn't. But all of a sudden, now, these two worlds are about to collide. So somebody had to speak to somebody inside the city gate to get them to change their mind about what was going on outside. So Mordecai and Esther have this conversation. Esther realizes, as Mordecai instructed, maybe you were born for such a time as this. So I say to you, it's no mistake that you are alive right now, seeing something that has never been seen in our country before. It's not a mistake that you are alive right now to witness something that has never been seen before. There are people in ashes and sackcloth who are standing outside the city gate, crying out to the people inside the city gate, saying, there is murder going on. There's killing. I'm being deprived. All I want is an equal chance. Esther inside the city gate is now the church. Esther is the church. Esther is that entity that God speaks to, that hears the voice of the broken, that hears the voice of the lost, who hears the voice of those who have been neglected. This is what God has called his church to do. He has called us to take care of the orphans and all the broken in society. 
So Esther now represents the church. There was a time for Esther that she was just caught up with things that were going on inside the king's gate. But once she gets the message from Mordecai, she has to change how she feels. And she recognizes that she is a Jew, the same as the Jews out there, just like church. We have to realize that the people calling out to us right now are your brothers and sisters. They're not foreign. They're not different. They haven't come from a different father. We all have one father. And they're calling out to you. Our response, church, has to be different. Esther decided, I know I have the king's heart. I know I have this situation. But I'm going to risk everything that I have to answer the call of the broken. I'm going to give everything I have to answer the call of the distressed. She said, even if I perish, I perish. The story goes on and you can read it at home. Finish reading all through the other chapters. (laughs) Haman met his maker. Esther converted the king the country changes for the better it didn't change for the worse it changed for the better but there had to be this moment that the church who is esther opens his eyes and says i don't want you to preach the gospel i want you to be the gospel i don't need you to talk about the gospel i need you to be the gospel. I don't need you to tell me you love me. I need you to show me you love me because I am your brother. You and I are one. I need us to get this today, church, because God is not going to call on anybody else but us to do this. So are you ready to be Esther? Are you ready to ignore the circumstances that you find yourself in and step outside the city gate and try to realize why are these people saying this? What are they experiencing that I don't know anything about? Is this new to us? Of course it isn't. The Bible tells us over and over and over how we as Christians are supposed to react to one another. I pray God this is making sense to you so far. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and say, well, Pastor Ben, how how am I supposed to relate to this? How am I supposed to do this? Because I'm looking at those rioters. No, you're looking at protesters in which some people snuck in to do some rioting. They're not all rioters. I told you before, and I'm going to tell you again, generalizations are dangerous, especially in the body of Christ. You cannot ever say all those people, all those people. All those protesters are right. No, there's no such thing. We can't generalize. Second, we have to know this. If you're going to make a generalization, say this. We are all one people. We are all the same. We all come from the same father. But to generalize like the protests. Oh, man, I I can't listen to nothing they got to say because they rioted. No, that's wrong. That is just absolutely wrong. You can't walk away from this. You can't walk away from Mordecai. You can't walk away from people full of ash and sackcloths. You can't walk away because they are protesting for a reason. I sure hope you're understanding this today. Romans 12. Listen closely. 
Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice. What did Esther do? Esther said, if I perish, I perish. God is calling us today, church. You know, see, we think praise and worship is when we come and sing a song. And that is, that's wonderful. But the real worship that we do is giving our lives to God. What is God calling you to do today? He's calling you to lift up your head, to open your eyes, and more importantly, open your heart to what is happening out there. Wipe away all the reasons why you don't think you should listen and take the time to listen and you will learn. Something is wrong, church, and we need to fix it. Let me finish reading. It says, become a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God. Listen closely. Which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Give your life away. That's your way of worship. So what's that going to require? Listen to the next verse. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs. Man, I could spend all day here. The world should not be telling you how to think about what God has called you to do. The world should never make you stop doing what God has called you to do. You know we're talking about the truth right now. God has called us to give our lives away to his glory to help one another. Let's just read on. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. But be transformed, changed by the entire not a piece, but the entire renewal <laughs> of your mind by its ideals and its new attitude so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do I have your attention today? God spent time to send his son to die. Who did he die for? None of us met the glorious standard. We all fall short of the glory of God. All of us. But for some reason, we have let the world design a system of race. And then we attached a characterization of each one of those races. So when somebody sees me coming, before I can open my mouth and tell them that I am a veteran, I'm a retired law enforcement officer, I am a pastor, I am a father, I am a husband, I am any, before I can say any of those things, because of what the world has said, you see me and you judge me, and before I can open my mouth, you have already determined who I am. You want to know who knows me? You want to know who knows my heart? You want to know who knows my attitude? 
God does. The same God that created you and created me. So what does he want us to do today? He wants us to find out what his will is. And his will is not that we be separated. His will is not that we hate on each other, that we make excuses. No, his will is that we become one. The song says we have one father. We have one faith. Is this making sense to you today? Well, I'm not quite done yet. I'm going to read uh, another verse. Let's go to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. It says, my brethren, pay no servile regard to people. Show no prejudice. I didn't write this last night. I just want you to know it's it's already in the Bible. (laughs) Show no prejudice. No partiality. Do not attempt to hold and practice the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, together with snobbery. Why would James write something like that? Because we know what has happened in the body of Christ, what has happened inside the city gate of Esther. Inside that gate was no concern of the people outside of the gate because when the edict was written, the king gave his approval that they could annihilate all of these people. So the world inside the gate didn't have any faith or credibility for the people outside the gate. They were going to let them all be destroyed. The only thing that changed the circumstance was Esther, the church. The only thing that's going to change this circumstance, the only thing that's going to make this thing happen the way it should has got to be us. We have to stand up for what God says and we can no longer be conformed to the pattern of this world. You're going to have to let it go. You cannot show snobbery. Why would somebody want to do that to somebody else? Because we feel we're better than somebody else. So we are living on a pretext that is not real. We are but one people. There is no skin color better than the other one. So why are we living in a world that doesn't exist and try to support it with hate and separation and division when God is calling us to something different? He's calling us to one brotherhood. Oh, brother, I don't know if I can do that. Well, you can if you stand on the word instead of myths. You can if you stand on the truth instead of a lie. But let me finish reading. I think the word does it better than me. It says, for if a person comes into your congregation whose hands are adorned with gold rings and who is wearing splendid apparel and also a poor man in shabby clothes comes in and you pay special attention to the one who wears the splendid clothes and say to him, Sit here in this preferable seat while you tell the poor man, stand there or sit there on the floor at my feet. Are you not discriminating among your own and becoming critics and judges with wrong motives? I know I hear some of you pushing back already. I can feel it. It's okay. I'm not telling you this. The Bible is. And we can't do it anymore. We can't hide inside the city gate. 
thinking that there is not hell going on outside the gate. Our silence speaks louder than the people who are afflicting these people with the tragedies. We can no longer stay silent. Mordecai told Esther, if you don't do this, these people will be annihilated. But understand, if they get annihilated, so do you. And that's what I need you to understand today. If there's no justice for me, there's no justice for you. Because we are only one people. You cannot take away my manhood without taking away your manhood. Taking away manhood from me doesn't increase yours. It actually takes it away from all of us. So here's what I need you to do. You're going to have to change the way you think. You're going to have to have your mind renewed. Say, well, pastor, how do I do that? I've got one more verse for you. Y'all still with me this morning? Praise the Lord. It says, Colossians chapter 3. Clothe yourselves, therefore. Now, again, these particular things are things that we're supposed to incorporate into our lives. Again, we've been transformed by the renewing of our minds. So our mind is blank. Now we can begin to put stuff in there. We can clothe our minds. Clothe yourselves, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, his own picked representatives who are purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself. So what have I told you? That the people we think we are better than, God loves them. He stands with them. He caresses them. He protects them. Do you want to fight against God? I didn't think so. By putting on behavior marked by tender-hearted pity and mercy, kind feeling, a lonely opinion of yourselves, gentle ways, and patience, which is tireless and long-suffering, and has the power to endure whatever comes with good temper. Oh, I don't like this and I don't like that. Well, take the time and listen. Open your ears and listen. Come talk to me. I'll tell you what's happening. I'll tell you for real because I have no reason to lie to you. I already know who I am. I am a child of God. I am a man. My daddy loves me and he cares for me. I need you to understand if you don't agree with that and you're in the church, you have a problem. And my job is to help you with that. To help you see deeper. Well, I don't like those people. Those people are you people. (laughs) There is no those people. We are all one people. Let me finish reading. Clothe yourselves, therefore, with with one another. And if one has a difference a grievance or complaint against another, readily pardoning pardoning each other. Even as the Lord has freely, I hope y'all read this, even though as the Lord has freely forgiven you. Listen to me. How would we feel if God acted like we do? How would we feel if God determined to make the stance like we have? You know, I don't like you. I don't like those people. Those people do so. How would it be if God made that determination? He didn't. He sent his son into a world that was full of sinners who were actively trespassing his word. And he sent his son to die for us. 
We didn't deserve that. And guess what? Discriminated people don't deserve to be discriminated against. They deserve to be heard. They deserve to have their voices spoken and listened to. Let me finish. Even as the Lord has freely forgiven you, so must you also forgive. And above all these, put on love. And enfold yourselves with the bond of perfectness, which binds everything together completely in ideal harmony. And let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule as an umpire continually in your heart, deciding and settling with finality all the questions that arise in your mind. This says we're supposed to do something about the stuff in our minds. We're supposed to do something about the stuff that we're thinking. How do we do that? You have to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. Now hear me, I know these sermons have been delivered over and over and over again, but I'm here to tell you today, right now, in our country, it's different. It's different. Church, we must stand up or Jesus will turn the tables over. He'll chase us out of what is his body. We must become his representatives, not the representatives of hate, not the representatives of a political ideology, not the representatives of a denominational ideology. We must become the children of Christ. What is that going to require? It's going to require you to give your whole body, your mind, soul, heart, strength to Jesus. It's going to require you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind and then clothe yourself with these things that we're talking about in Colossians. You know, there's a lot of other stuff I can read, but I'm going to stop now. I just want you to hear my heart for just a second and I'm going to let you go. Some of you will hear me today and some of you won't. You know why? This is what it says. Whenever God speaks, We are driven to make a choice to either open our hearts to God's word or to harden our hearts. God spoke to Pharaoh and told him to let my people go. Pharaoh wouldn't listen. So God sent 10 different plagues to the same person trying to get him to change his heart. To make a choice, to make a choice to hear the voice of God. Did Pharaoh do that? No. He let the people go into rest. And then even then he changed his mind and he chased after the people and caused his whole army to drown in the Red Sea. And God kept him alive so he could go back to his city and see the change that has taken place. See the disaster, the destruction that he had brought upon his people by not listening to God. Church, it's time for us to stand up. It's time for us to be Esther. It's time for us to step outside of the the king's gate out into the world and say, you know what, brother? Take off the sackcloth. Take off the ashes. Let me put some clothes on your back. 
Let me invite you into my world. You tell me about what's going on with you. I don't need you to give me anything. I just need you to treat me like your brother. But not me. Oh, it's Pastor Ben. That's Pastor Ben. Let's do that for Pastor Ben. No, that man on the street corner that you don't know his name. That one that you were frightened of because of his skin color. I need you to begin to change your mind about who that person is. Change your mind about the limitations. I got Isaiah here today. Little Isaiah. America belongs to this young man. I want him to flourish. I want him to have the freedom to add to the quality of our country the way he should. And the only way he can, church, we're going to have to change the way we think. Some of you are saying right now, well, that ain't me. That ain't me. I don't see color. If you don't see color, you don't see me. God created this incredible cross-section of beauty so we can all appreciate each other. So, I'm done. I'm finished. But I want you to know, my heart is broke. It's not the first time, but I have a feeling it's going to be the last. I need you to know, this thing is not just motivated by people. This is motivated by God. And God is calling on us, church, to determine what we, his body, is going to do. And if we don't step up, he will find help elsewhere. Because this change must now happen. If we don't step up, he will find help elsewhere. I thank you for your time today. I pray, God, you understand. Call me. Come see me. I'm willing to listen to whatever you got to say. But it's time for us to do something different. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all the people together say it. Amen. God bless you.